We're back with So You Think You Know Sports. We focus in on NBA, NFL, and sometimes UFC. Uh, today, our main subjects, which are some really good, interesting subjects, would be the Hall of Fame game and the inductees, the NFL's major news, uh, the AFC East and AFC North, along with a little NBA. But I'm going to go ahead and introduce the host. My name is Alex, and i uh, going to say something for him, Muhammad. Hey, I just want to say what's up to all the listeners. Thank you for listening and keep listening. And you can also follow us on Twitter. Um, I'll try to link that in the podcast description. Yeah, and we also have an IG, so you think you know sports. You don't need any hashtags or anything. We have it the name outright on that one. But <laughs> to begin, we're going to go with a little bit later news. Where this past weekend was the Hall of Fame inductee ceremonies, along with the NFL's Hall of Fame game, which it really wasn't that interesting, but we didn't expect much from it. Most starters don't play during this time of the year. Uh, but to go in a little bit more on the inductees, these it had a high class of inductees this year. And just some couple highlight names would be Ty Law, Ed Reed, John Lynch, Isaac Bruce, Tony Gonzalez, Champ Bailey, and Edron James, just to name a few. There were, there were a few more there. Uh, but when it comes to this, we'll, we'll make this first segment legacy. When it comes to their position in the NFL, who has the best, I guess, argument for being the best at their position out of those seven? Actually, eight. Kind of hard to say. Really, I think it's it's really up to debate as far as Tony Gonzalez and probably Ed Reed. Those two are probably the most prominent. I'm not sure who Johnny Robinson is, but... <laughs> uh, who you get Johnny Robinson? You mean Edron James? Or Isaac Bruce? I'm not, you, John Lynch? I'm not uh, sure his name. Well, Johnny Robinson... Um, yeah, he was a football player. He was just inducted. Oh, he was one of the. Oh, he was just inducted. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't remember. I didn't know his name either. So yeah, that that makes him uh, pretty. <laughs> I guess irrelevant to the now culture uh, of the NBA NFL. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, he's very old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they kind of put some of these people in because they've. It's been about time for them to be in the and an inductee in the Hall of Fame for the NFL. But here's a couple of numbers that may sway your judgment on who who's the best. I'm going to start with Champ Bailey. Uh, when it comes to his interceptions, he had Champ Bailey played predominantly for the Broncos and, and a good uh, a good era. He had for his career, 52 interceptions, 785 tackles, seven forced fumbles, three sacks, and four touchdowns. Now I'm going to go ahead and make this comparison with. All just the four defensive players highlighted ones. Uh, we have Ty Law, who played for the Patriots, uh, the New England Patriots. He had 53 in the summer, so one more than Champ Bailey, uh, but he only had 449 tackles to Champ Bailey 785. And he also had 10 forced fumbles. I'm referring to Ty Law. And sorry, five, five forced fumbles and five sacks with seven touchdowns. So he definitely does get him when it comes to the interceptions. But all-time great, I would say, would be 
Ed Reed, because Ed Reed has 64 interceptions, 643 tackles, 11 forced fumbles, six sacks, and nine touchdowns. From just the defensive players, who do you think may be stated as the best at their position? It has to be Ed Reed. He's the most recognizable, and I would think has the best stats out of all of those players. Now, if you want to go on championships, Ty Law would get that. But he played with the Patriots, and they have a, a really good a really good way of using getting the best out of their players, even if they're not the best players. And these other two, Champ Bailey and Ed Reed, they really stood out on the team. Not that Ty Law didn't. He really did. But the numbers speak for themselves. Ed yeah. Reed, absolute monster. I definitely agree. And even their, uh, I guess it's called a bust of him, his, his likeness that they're inducting and putting there in the Hall of Fame. It looked absolutely great. It, it looked like the now him. But he doesn't look too old anyway for being, well, I think, 41. Yeah. Um, he definitely deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. It, this is his first time being up for the Hall of Fame. Right. I, I think so. I'm pretty sure because I, I couldn't see how he would ever get voted out of the first first go round. Like he just he was that amazing. Like it was he was unfair in the in real life along with on video game. When it came to Madden, he was unreal. But he really did these things in lot in real life. He'll get an interception and it was almost guaranteed he was about to get a touchdown or very close to touchdown for the Baltimore Ravens as a defensive player. Yeah, anytime he picked it off, he was looking to take it back to the house. Yeah, yeah one of the greatest defenses collectively, but he was, I would say he's, I would say he's the best safety ever. Wow. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the numbers, I, but I, I can't really think of too many people who were absolutely better. Now, another person, another safety who was inducted was John Lynch, but his numbers don't compare to Ed Reed's. His effect, effect on the game was completely different. Yeah, Ed Reed. Well, not completely different, but kind of different. They played the same position. Yeah, but Ed Reed, absolute monster. Dude yeah. was a beast. He he absolutely terrorized my team multiple times um, along with Ray Lewis and that defense. They were the big leaders on that team for many years. Yeah, I, it was, it's one reason why I still have a lingering, uh, I guess, stake or fan stake in the Baltimore Ravens. I still have a, a like for them in a little way. Uh, but to go into the offensive players real quick, the uh, some of the top ones uh, that got inducted, it would be Isaac Bruce, who was a part of the greatest show on turf when it come, came to the uh, the Los Angeles Rams. And then you had Tony Gonzalez, which you did begin with, uh, could be one of the top at his position, along with Edron James, who's a running back. Uh, now, just to throw some numbers out there before you, I, I kind of know what you're going to go with, but just to throw the numbers out there, I, Isaac Bruce had 91 touchdowns with 15,208 yards. He had 1,024 receptions and average Per, per reception, 14.9 yards, which is really great. Uh, now, uh, Tony Gonzalez, he edges him out by about 20 touchdowns. But I think the careers were a little bit uh, distant out. Uh, Tony Gonzalez, I think, 
actually was in the league for about five more years than Aggie Bruce. But he has 111 touchdowns, 15 1,127 yards, so still less than Isaac Bruce, and has 1,325 receptions with averaging 11.4 yards per reception, which is nothing to shake your head at. And then you have Edron James, who's a running back, with eight touchdowns, 1,200 and 246 yards, and 3,028,000, sorry, 28 carries. Now, where I will go with what your vote, I'm pretty sure it's going to be, is Tony Gonzalez, correct? That is right. Tony Gonzalez is top five tight end all time. Top yeah. five. I maybe, close, maybe even better than that. I, I'm, I know it doesn't get too much better than that, but I'm trying to see whether he would rank maybe one or two. Um, I know Gronk right now. We, we're going to have to reflect on his career and see if Gronk was number one because, you know, he was pretty dominant whenever he played. But he say, didn't yeah. play as long. Mm-hmm. But um, so, Tony Gonzalez, go, just going back to him, he he was one of the best. Yeah, and I, I agree. Uh, with all of this kind of settling, I, I would say that Tony Gonzalez would be the best uh, example of being the best at his position. And that would be Ed Reed on the defensive side also. But just to move it on, uh, in late, not late news, but uh, recent news, Michael Thomas of the Saints has agreed to a five-year, 100 million deal with 61 million guaranteed. So no matter what happens, if he trips tomorrow over a bike, he is guaranteed $61 million. Now, do you think with all these other great receivers in the NFL now, he deserves to be the highest paid wide receiver? It's, I feel like it's not really who deserves it. His time had come, and it was his time to get paid. And the market, they're paying for it. So he was just lucky to be in this position. But I, I think he is worth that much, um, especially if the cap is grown. So I don't I don't think it's going to hit them that much. But he was a great receiver um, last year and even over his short three year career. I think this guy has averaged the most receptions uh, in the first three years. Yeah, I, I would say he he deserves the money because. When we discuss a whole lot of when it comes to the NBA contracts, I do believe that the NFL uh, players in general deserve more money. So it's hard for me to say he does not deserve that money. Now, when it's stacking up to the rest of the playing field of the NFL and the great receivers that are out there, it is highly, highly debatable. You have Odell Beckham. You have Julio Jones. You have A.J. Green along with Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. So uh, it's, it's kind of hard to say he is the biggest name who should be making the biggest dollars. Uh, but that I don't think that really matters. I mean, just when, look at the quarterback. Contracts, yes. uh, yeah, when it comes to contract, but you're comparing them as far as players. And I would put Michael Thomas up there. I mean, he's he's very good. I know you don't really pay attention to him that much, but this guy is a monster. Like, he caught 85% of his passes. 85. Nobody does that. 
that, that is highly efficient. And I, I do pay to, attention to a little bit, but it's kind of hard because I am a – my favorite quarterback in the league right now would be Drew Brees. Now, with just for a long-standing-wise, I would say Drew Brees. Uh, but he does it most times by committee, so it makes it hard to – really focus in on one player when it comes to the Saints, uh, when it comes to receivers. But, uh, not not this time. Michael Thomas is the number one receiver on that team. There's nobody else on that team that really comes to play. Like, no, seriously. No, I, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I pay attention. But it, well, I, I think he does it by committee because uh, Drew Brees did pass it to a lot of different people. But, uh, yes, I do think he deserves the money. But if we're comparing, like, who's the better player, if we were comparing better player for better money, I'd say the argument's different. Uh, well, I don't know, because you said he did he did uh, have 85% of them caught right? Yeah. Okay, that is, that's, yes, that is unreal. That is absolutely unreal. That is highly efficient. But I think... And I he had would, the most receptions. Hmm. Which once again does does put him high on the list, but you do have a veteran great quarterback with Drew Brees. I I I, I don't know. I, I just say if we're comparing, I guess appealing talent to <laughs> that, 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 that honestly, I guess you should call me out on that. I guess I'm going off an appealing talent versus yeah. uh, the uh not so much known name. Like, he's known, but he's not as much known as these other names I did mention, as in Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, and uh, Antonio Brown. So um, you, so what you want to see is somebody throwing a temper tantrum on the sideline, throwing their helmet against a kicking net, and getting hit upside the head. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not, like, a crazy great fan of Odell Beckham. I didn't, uh, if anything, after that so-called, well, I, I would say maybe the greatest catch ever, maybe, but I, I felt after that point he needed to still prove it to me because I'm not a Giants fan. So I haven't really given Odell Beckham a break. He he has kind of shown up and shown that he's an amazing athlete in actually many different sports. But my model receiver would be Julio Jones. So, no, I don't want somebody who, who wants a tantrum on the, uh, on the sidelines. Well, I as far as best receiver, Julio Jones is pretty good, but I think over these past couple of years, he's kind of now he, he still has that name and he makes big catches, but he has not been as consistent of a receiver. If you just really go back and look at it and for people who play fantasy football, they know this. He is in and out of games. Sometimes he'll get you. Eight catches for like 200 receiving yards and two touchdowns. And in other games, you might go two receptions for 20 yards. So it, I don't know if it's just the way Atlanta runs their offense or it is they just don't feel like throwing it to him. I, I don't know what it is, but he can be inconsistent. Yeah, and maybe maybe it's his fault. Maybe it's. Matt Ryan's fault. I I don't know. I, I don't dissect them enough. It's enough in the same division to pay attention to. Because you have the Saints, you have the Panthers, which where we live around, and uh, along with Jameis getting in uh, most times trouble. <laughs> uh, but then you have Atlanta. 
Yeah, Jameis, if he does not do what he's supposed to do, he really he needs to at least make Tampa Bay make the playoffs. That will save his job. If he doesn't, he is going to be released. Tampa Bay will be done with him. I agree. After this year, if anything, he has a year and a half left. Like he, I, I give him to a half year. They just, I, I give him a one and a half. I think he still has the talent. He needs the right direction. Tampa Bay is not really the most well-run organization. Well, they got but, new people in in the office. Yeah, but it, it's hard to turn around things in one year. But he's gonna have to. Like he's gonna have to lead this team to the playoffs. And in this division, I, I think they they can, you know. I mean, it's not likely, but they they can do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the uh, spirit. <laughs> it's but, probably not going to happen. Yeah, come on. <laughs> but uh, uh, he does got have the coach whisperer. I can't remember the coach uh, name right now. But Bruce he, Arians. He, there you go. Yep. Thank you for saving me there. He, a guy who he came out of retirement. Thing. Yeah, he refers to himself as the quarterback whisperer. So let's see with this big challenge whether he actually is that. Because if Jameis does put it all together, he can be, I think his ceiling is MVP uh, Cam Newton. I would like to see that in MVP Cam Newton. That just makes for a better competition. Yeah, as in that's where his ceiling is at. But we also remember uh, MVP Cam Newton didn't win the Super Bowl, but that, I think that's his ceiling. Not winning a Super Bowl—that that's his ceiling. No, 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 no. I mean, like talent-wise, that that year, that what he did in that year, how good he was, how efficient he was, everything. Like he can be that great. He's not been there yet because he had to put everything together. But I think even if he gets to that top point, his ceiling is where. That year of Cam Newton being MVP, because I don't even think MVP Cam Newton is his ceiling. It's Cam Newton's ceiling. Okay, but um, I I just go back and forth with this. I don't know if the Panthers are trying to like they only think they can build around Cam Newton as far as the the current talent that he has, not giving him the best type of receivers. And that's the only way they think they can succeed or they're just being cheap and they don't try to go after some big names or bigger wide receivers that he can throw to. Well, I actually have a theory, which is going to make a perfect segue. I think they're trying to establish what everybody's honestly jealous of is the Patriot way. I think everybody's trying to establish this. We can buy cheap in certain areas and spend a lot in the others. Uh, so they're setting up with expensive quarterbacks and eh, trying to catch a break in every other area. But really, that's not even the Patriot way. The Patriot way is actually paying Tom Brady less. But guess what? He got a pay raise. He will be uh, in the next season coming up. He will be making $23 million in the next coming season. But recently, just yesterday, Tom Brady and the t- the New England Patriots agreed to a two-year extension uh, with Tom Brady. Now, with everything and with his age and the fact that just this past weekend he aged uh, to the age of 42, 
at what age do you see the Patriots taking a different route at the quarterback position? As far as the year or what, what, what age Tom Brady will be? Well, just, just exactly when are they going to end it here? Are they going to end it at the 2021 season and actually cut ties or? Well, I mean, at this point, I, I don't know, really. You would think at that point they would do that. Um, but you would have thought before now they would have done that. And they tried to. <laughs> people speculate. <laughs> but, you know, they still won the Super Bowl. So drop it. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. I, I, I'm joking. But um, a, lot of, a lot of hate for the Patriots has it, – it's still there. But I have so much more respect for the Patriots that I don't hate as much on the Patriots. Like, I, I've actually – in the later months have held uh, Tom Brady as the possible GOAT because I simply can't, I can't get over the numbers. I can't get over the fact that he has six Super Bowls. It, possible. It's, just, it's a done deal. Like, it's, 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 it's hard. It's hard not to say he's, he is, he's oh. not the GOAT for, oh. for a quarterback. Okay, I know you said possible. So who else are you contemplating? Well, there could be many other, uh, like jo- uh, Joe Namath. Uh, uh, there's uh, uh, there's a few San Fran quarterbacks. Um, I, yeah, well, it's, it's the only people. comparable one Penn. is Joe Montana. I, I give you that. Yeah, but that's that's yeah. the only comparable one. Because Tom, I mean, not Tom, but um, Peyton kind of got out the race. Because we all hail him as the most ingenious quarterback, uh, to be real. Like, who can really see the field and, and move it how he wants it. But he always came up short. Yeah, he, he's, he's not clutch. He didn't always come up short. He, he was there enough but and won enough. But when it came to winning the Super Bowl, the first one, he fully deserved. Second one, he lame-ducked all the way to the win. Like, that arm was gone. Yeah, if it wasn't for that powerful defense, he would only have one Super Bowl. Bro, yeah, he was all the way in dad jeans at that point. He was, he should have, he was two years too far from when he was supposed to retire when he actually got, when he won the Super Bowl. But, yeah, I like you said, the defense of the Broncos was, was the greatest for him. Yeah. And I I remember, sorry, I'm going off topic. (laughs) Finish what you were saying. Oh, I was about to say, I remember that year that we were all thinking that the Panthers were going to win that Super Bowl. Yeah, I really, really did think so. It was, uh, but sad memories. But (laughs) (laughs) does the Patriot dynasty end with Tom Brady's career? I don't think it does. I think as long as Bill Belichick is there, they will be relevant. I don't know about winning Super Bowls, but Belichick and Brady are the perfect pairing that they were able to come up with all these wins, multiple records, and longevity. Um, Tom Brady, he's definitely the player that uh, he's the source of this. He's been through all the Super Bowls, along with Bill Belichick, who runs the team. He's a general manager and head coach. Um, but yeah. I think as long as Bill Belichick is there, 
they will be relevant. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. But it, is, it depends on what you refer to as dynasty. It's, it's really going to go just lead me to my next question versus actually answering the previous question with you. Do you think Tom gets one more Super Bowl in these last two years of the contract? Yes, I, I think he wins one more Super Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know he would like to win every year, and I would too. But um, I think he wins one more Super Bowl and caps it off with the seven rings and says, kiss the rings, and uh, got seven. Yeah. And actually, with you answering that question, I kind of do think it ends with him. Like, the dynasty does end with him. Uh, I was actually leaning towards no, it doesn't. But be realistic. Who expect the Patriots to make a Super Bowl in the next 10 years after Tom Brady leaves? I don't know. It'd be really hard to see that. Um, Exactly. So that that actually means... (laughs) They they would have to like they would have to get a quarterback right now and develop him like how they were doing with Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, uh, Tom Brady is afraid of real competition. No, well, sorry, not real competition on the field, but real competition when it comes to his position. Well, as far as that, he said some years ago, it was probably at least maybe three, four years ago. He said he wanted to play until he's 45. So I I would think he would, you know, fulfill that and help that next quarterback. Well, that is Tom Terrific. Uh, so, I, I, I honestly have had to shade back my hate. I know y'all haven't been here for this road of my hatred for the Patriots, but it's very strong. I hate the Patriots more than I like any team in any sport. It really is that serious. It's strong, but it's not the worst that I've seen. Oh, it's not that worst now. But you think you're talking about for somebody hating the actual Patriots? Yeah, that's what I mean. So there's worse there's worse people than me when it comes to hating the Patriots? Yes. Like I, I've seen like in college, I saw this dude, like, he was so upset in, in his feelings. Like he's just like, I hate the Patriots. I'm like, it's it's really not that serious. Why are you so angry? <laughs> if it can only be that simple but uh, actually that moves me along we're going to check in with the drama in Dallas now Zach, sorry, Zeke is still holding off and not close to a deal with the Cowboys uh, he's actually still I think out of the country while the negotiations are I guess trying to reach eye to eye uh, but the Cowboys have went out to get them a lesser running back. What will it take to get these two sides to see eye to eye? Well, it's going to take uh, Jerry Jones to finally, you know, write that check that he wants and deserves. Um, but I, I don't think this is going to be a Le'Veon Bell situation where it carry out throughout the whole season. It'll probably be, I see. Max, he might miss one game. Max. I mean, we still have a good amount of weeks before the season starts. I'm thinking it's on the 7th. Mm -hmm. I think September 7th is whenever the season starts. So I I don't think this is going to be anything to worry about. 
Um, Zeke, he wants to play. He knows that this team has the best chances of getting somewhere since he's been on the Cowboys. So he doesn't want to mess that up. Also, same thing with Jerry Jones. Well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Jerry Jones because that is exactly what I was about to mention. So at the Hall of Fame game, he took it upon himself to go ahead and answer some questions about the situation and pretty much said the sides are nowhere near close on these things. Uh, and he's pretty much stood his ground on he's not scared to not have Zeke. Now, I think that's actually a slight worry that needs to be there because I actually agree with the general public of a sports announcers that it may be three games and three. yeah three games i think it's going to be about three games uh before they actually reach true size of agreement because each side is dug in pretty pretty heavy and each side kind of has their own i guess agenda in that that they they actually should fight for because the cowboys can't afford to spend more money right now uh, because they need it for the offensive line. They also need it for uh, Dak. They also need it for Amari Cooper. Is that, is that his name? Yeah, that's true. And they have okay. some defensive players to pay too in these yeah. next two years. Yeah, so they're they're not they're not going to give that up easily, especially when they can work the system and use them for what as a workhorse. And Zeke knows this simply due to the new uh, the new age of stacks and how a usage rate, how much uh, wear and tear, how much you're going to have in the tank, because Zeke's nowhere near the bottom of his talent right now. He's still on the upswing on his talent. But it's the fear of one more year or one injury from not receiving the money he should get. Yes, definitely. The Cowboys need to pay him. It's a huge, huge slap in the face if they don't pay him. Like, you have put the team on his back. Run this man into the ground, and you're not going to pay him? No. Oh, yeah. That's blasphemy. Because they were going to uh, pull a trick move on him. When we all know it, that's what's really going on. It's a, it's a standoff. Because if it doesn't work in Zeke's favor this year, let's say, for example, he gets hurt, they can just cut him or just not pick him up or not pay him. It's easy as that, and he never gets that payday. Or he actually carries it out. They get one less year of paying him the appropriate money and cut the deal down because he has more wear and tear on him. So it's a catch-22 when arguing his point. Yes, I agree. And so you're saying this could be like, like he could be out for three games. And in their first few games, they play the Giants, Redskins, and Cowboys. Now, you know, division rivals, it doesn't matter what your record is or how good you are. They will come and ruin your season. Yes. Completely now, the, the, the Cowboys can't afford to lose those first two games or either one of them because the Giants, they're garbage. They should not win that game. They're garbage. Yes, but... You know, hey, worse things have happened. What, like the Knicks saying they're going to get Kevin Durant and... <laughs> <laughs> yes, but... And Zion and... 
Jesus. <laughs> at the, that point, to be real, they try to they said they was everybody. And you see what they have now. But just to stay on topic with the NFL, I'm going to kind of <laughs> progress to the next subject, which is us getting into our picks for uh, two divisions we're reviewing for the upcoming season. Now, we're going to work on the AFC, which is going to be the AFC North and the AFC East. With the AFC North, the four teams that established the AFC North would be the Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cleveland Browns, and the Steelers. Now, who do you think has the best hope for winning that division? Well, um, I know this team did not win the division last year, but I'm going to say the Steelers, they come back and win this division. They are still a good team, even though they lost Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. They still have Juju Smith-Schuster and a, a pretty good running back in James Conner. Um, and Ben Roethlisberger is a two-time Super Bowl champion that I believe will come out with something to prove this year. That, you know, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown didn't make him better. He made them better. Um, which I think they all helped each other make each other better. Um, so I think the Steelers win this division. The Browns come in at second. And then Ravens at third and Bengals last. Well, I agree with you on one point. Ben does have a lot to prove. But he has a lot to prove that he is washed up. And he no, has, no longer has help. No, I, I think your, your faith in him is misguided. Uh, ben is not the Ben of old. Ben has not won a Super Bowl in a very long time here. I think your your faith should be more in the new age of quarterbacks and talent in the league. And that well, at least in that division. I actually am leaning towards either the Ravens or the Browns. Now Browns are stacked. The Browns are stacked right now. Uh like they're they're absolutely stacked with talent. So they would be the easy choice. But I have a lot of faith in Lavar Jackson with the Ravens. It just depends on what their defense looks like. We always kind of assume that the Ravens will always have a great defense, no, no matter who's on the field, especially if you at least still have subs. I don't think the Ravens are going anywhere because if they run Lamar Jackson like they did last year, they're going to get him killed. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. But RG3 moment, yes. <laughs> and all they do is do a whole, whole bunch of run trick plays like it's it's a lot of disguising that they do and he just takes the ball and, and runs with it i don't think that can last too long i mean i could be wrong but we'll see um and know. as far as the browns prediction i think mm -hmm. the browns they're definitely loaded on both sides i think but this team has a lot of ego and if these guys see something going wrong like their season doesn't come out like they wanted to in the beginning, mm -hmm. a lot of people are going to go off and it's not going to mix well. It's going to be toxic in the locker room. And that's where I can see this imploding from the inside. You're talking about the Browns, right? Yeah, the Browns. Well, I think as much as Ben has something to prove, a lot of the Browns players have things to prove, along with the city, along with everything and all the energy around them right now. I, I just, I don't see the Bengals beating them out. So I would just call it, I'd say 
Browns somehow edge out by one game and win the division. Uh, Ravens come in second or tied with the Steelers and Bengals at least the last. Well, why do you think the Ravens are going to be good? I, I, I don't see it. No, I, I just don't have as much faith in the Steelers. As, and I think the Ravens will are going to surprise you. They're just going to surprise in certain ways because they're always surprising teams every single year. No matter, despite any logic we all have for talent, what's actually there, these seasons always change and, and look different. There's always something random about the NFL, which is one great attraction about it. Who thought the Chiefs were going to make it as far as they did last year? Yeah, um, there's always parody in the NFL. Yeah. But I still don't see it for the Ravens. I, I really don't. Well, they they come in at third well, at best. Well, if you're saying there's parity, that would actually lean more towards my argument because the Steelers are not parity in that division. They are generally the top runner of that division. So it it it, it would just be about time for them to not be that top. Well, actually, if you go on last season, the Ravens did win that division. The Steelers didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah, which is another reason to say that the Ravens may surprise you because they did last year. <laughs> but that would actually go. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we're, we're we're I'm looking more deeply into it because I'm not even invested as much in these teams because I think those are all switchable positions for first place between the Browns, the Steelers, and the Ravens. I think it's really a fight between the Steelers and the Browns. Well, we'll see very soon because it is football season. Preseason will be starting this upcoming weekend, which we will get more into actually reviewing those games. But for right now, those games and those scores won't matter for the preseason. The real players do not play that often. Uh, But to move it on to the other AFC division, the AFC East, uh, the four teams that belong to that division would be the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, of course, Muhammad's New England Patriots, and the New Jersey Nets. Sorry, not Nets. I'm sorry about that. Sorry, Jets. 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 I'm sorry about that. It's, too, it's just a little too close. Uh, so the New Jersey uh, Jets. Uh, out of that, I, I kind of know who you're going to go with, but who do you think is most favorite to win that division? You know, I'm going to say the Miami psych, New England Patriots, yeah. <laughs> and they will win this division. Now, people always say that this division, you know, automatic wins. That's not true. Not No division games are automatic because they're rivalry games. So I think one of these teams are going to steal a game from the Patriots. More than likely, it'll be the Miami Dolphins, which I think will finish second in the division. Um, all of these other teams, the New York Jets, the Miami Dolphins, Buffalo Bills, they have some very young quarterbacks who are looking to prove something. Um, but it won't be enough. These teams, they still are developing. They need some new stuff. The Jets, are, you know what? The Jets might come in second because they do have Le'Veon Bell. So that that might come, that might be the second team, but that's my prediction. Who's their quarterback? Their quarterback is uh, what's his name? He he was a rookie last year. Um, I forgot which his just, name. Which just 
actually you worked against your own statement about there's like a easy win division because Sam Donald. Yeah, Sam Donald. But my point was the fact that it's too much disorder in these other teams. Uh, the Bills, there's no clearer cut even idea about who they are. The Dolphins once again needs to start over when it comes to quarterback, and the Jets are going with a sophomore quarterback. Like, and the Patriots are the easy, consistent team who just won the Super Bowl just last year. It is, it's once again an easy road to the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. So with the NBA, with, sorry, with the NFL set up like this, I can't really disagree against the earlier comment about whether uh, Tom Brady's going to earn another ring uh, in these next two years. Because if it's lined up like this, he, he'll, he'll get, have an easy road there. Well, the division games is, I think it's, it's I think it's six games, so it's not yeah, like they're just is. beating those teams and nobody else. I agree, but I'm not saying I'm saying to be real, they can really win all six of those games, that, which are the important games because your division dictates where you are in the playoffs. That's true, but they didn't win all those games last year, or right, I don't think right. the year before. No, I'm not even talking about the other years. I'm talking about this year. Because <laughs> this year, it looks like they're going to make it again with ease. But even last year, who were those quarterbacks? It's actually the same quarterbacks from last year on those teams, well, besides besides the Dolphins. Yeah, I was about to say, the Dolphins had to start over. Uh, now, Bills, isn't there like a quarterback um, uh, competition going on in, with the Bills right now? It shouldn't be. They They just drafted the guy last year. Well, I, I'm really not sure, uh, which just makes it even more likely that the consistent, the more established franchise is going to actually lead the pack. I, I, I'm, I'm a, it's a shame that I am lobbying for the fact of how y'all going to run over this division. Well, I mean, you, it's easy to say that, but no game is easy in the NFL. Um, I, <laughs> I mean, some I are easier than I others. Hear you. I hear you, but we all know. I, I, I hear you, but I kind of see them only losing one out of those six games. Okay, well, they're not running over the division if they lose that one is game. Running, that is running over. If you win, if you only lose one division game in a full year, that is running over your division. But there could That's be others. <laughs> it. Well, they could have the same division record as somebody else in their same division. <laughs> I'm just that could be five and one. Because you having me over here lobbying for how they're going to run over the division, I don't like. But <laughs> but at least, yeah, you're saying that they're going to lose more games even though you know they're that good. No, well, I'm not saying they're going to lose more games. I'm just saying it's not going to be as easy as you say. Well, I, I'm not... Talking about like whether the games are going to be good, fun matches. I'm talking about wins and losses here. Wins and losses. And when it comes to the wins and losses, they're gonna they're gonna run over the division. I, I can pretty much agree with that. Okay, okay, there we go. We made uh, made solid middle ground. <laughs> but <laughs> to move it on <laughs> to a, another sport, uh, we're gonna briefly go out with the NFL. I'm uh, sorry, the NBA. Now, a uh, new release has been a little bit of the schedule of the NBA games coming up of this year, like the matchups of the Christmas games, which are highly important 
The season does begin October 22nd for the 2020 season. Uh, the two teams who will begin on that opening day will be two teams of the, uh, that will be playing. Well, sorry, four teams because two games. But the Lakers will be playing the Clippers in Staple, uh, Staples Center. And then you have the Pelicans versus the Raptors. So you'll have Zion versus the reigning champs with the Toronto Raptors. But just to move it on, because we, we care about those games, but not as much. We, we want to see the Lakers versus the Clippers. But when it comes to the inside the season Christmas matchups, there's five games every year. And those five games are matchups are going to be the Lakers versus the Clippers, the Rockets at the Warriors. So you'll see the new arena, but you'll also see the new Rockets uh, with Russell Westbrook. And then you have the Pelicans at the Nuggets. So uh, across division matchup east versus west and then the celtics versus raptors in the east and bucks versus 76ers which will be a very big matchup of big body people uh well, very tall play- players like uh, overall overall but with those matchups what do you feel how do you feel about those uh these attractions for these main broadcast games as far as the opening games for the season, uh, that second game doesn't matter. The Pelicans, oh. yeah, Pelicans and Raptors, nah. I mean, they just come in to see Zion, that's it. But yeah, th- that first game is could be very interesting. My prediction would be that the Lakers would win that game um, because I feel like uh, Paul George, he's not going to be ready. And yeah. uh, what's his name? Kawhi Leonard. He's just gonna be load managing, so it's <laughs> it won't, off the first game. <laughs> yeah, he he's load not gonna really take it that seriously. Game. Yeah, the first game though. Yeah, I, yeah. I kind of think they're gonna both want to win that first game just to establish dominance. Yeah, but they they're not gonna push it that hard. I, I don't think. I, and I do agree that uh, that Paul George will not be ready because I actually think he has to. Uh, he won't even make it through, like, for the first couple of weeks of the season. I don't think he will be playing at all. Uh, so they're going to give us a, a, even more of a delay and draw towards those Christmas games with real matchups with him being relatively healthy at that point because I think he's, he had a setback on one of his surgeries with a, a shoulder. Yeah, that could be very worrying in a way. Um and kind of mess up the hype that is supposed to be the the fight for L.A. Um, we'll, we'll see much more of a better matchup during the Christmas time, I think, rather than in that first game. Yeah, I definitely agree in that. Uh, in that. But now, to, with those Christmas games, which team not named the Lakers or the Clippers are you looking forward to seeing match up? And I'll just run them down again. It's Rockets versus Warriors, Pelicans versus Nuggets, Celtics versus Raptors, and Bucks versus 76ers. Uh, it's definitely Rockets and Warriors. Those other games really don't even compare. <laughs> Rockets and Warriors? Yeah, sign me up for that. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you do have a buy-in interest with uh, Russell Westbrook. I'm actually slightly more interested in the Bucks versus 76ers. This is not your KD Warriors, so uh, it it diminishes the attraction just only a little bit for me. Just only a little bit. 
from what it was last year if it was the Rockets and the Warriors. So I'm actually looking forward to the Bucks and the 76ers facing off because I think that's going to be the uh, Western, sorry, the Eastern Conference Finals for the upcoming season. Okay, I, I can see that. Um, because really, who else is in the East? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got the Celtics, and I guess you want to count the Raptors? No, I don't want to count the Raptors. I'll take it back. <laughs> no, they're a lottery team. I'm joking, but they, they'll make the playoffs. <laughs> Not even more with the way they set up the lottery, but that's just getting off subject. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll make the playoffs, but they won't be relevant. Yeah, and they all made the playoffs just because the East is not that great right now. Uh, but just to move it along and to kind of stay with the Warriors, Draymond Green has recently signed a $100 million uh, four-year deal extension with the Warriors uh, when he really could have waited another year to be one of the few big free agents on the market. Uh, with the core intact of the Warriors, with Clay. Um, Steph Curry along with Draymond Green, which being that core, the, the three, how much of a threat is are the Warriors to win the West this upcoming season? This upcoming season is just the same team minus Kevin Durant. So they are a pretty good team. But depending on when Klay Thompson gets back, it won't be as good. But I think they can make a very good run after the All-Star break, which will be very interesting. I, I can see them making good standings in the regular season. But when it comes to the playoffs, I, I don't think they have what it takes. Because we do forget they did lose the championship this year. It was because they didn't have a hobbled. I understand. I understand. It was because they didn't have a hobbled uh KD, I understand that. I definitely That's do. not true. They suffered multiple injuries. Multiple. If there was no injuries, they were completely healthy. Warriors in five. I, okay, I agree, but they didn't. So, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I say they are not much of a threat to win the West. Because I don't even think if they make it to the finals, they will win. I think really the East would win against them in this because I think it's going to either be the Bucks or the 76ers that make it out of the East. Those teams are too tall. Those teams are too great defensively. Well, I wouldn't say so much Milwaukee, but they're just way Milwaukee's way too stacked. And I just think they cannot hold up without the pure shooting of KD to outweigh what's going on in the East with those two teams. Now, for them being a threat to win the West, I still don't even believe in that because they're going to have to, that means they're, well, they might not have to face the Clippers, but they might have to. And well, oh, go ahead. The Sorry. And along with the Rockets, and I really think the Rockets would beat them down. <laughs> you know, I would really love to see that. But um, really, I completely disagree. I think their toughest out would be just being in the West. And if they were to somehow win the West, the East will be nothing. They will win the championship as long as they don't have any injuries. But I don't see them getting out of the West. I, I think that's almost impossible. 
Um, but anything is possible. But I, yeah. I, I really don't see that happening. I, I, I really agree on that because uh, I think they're going to be a little bit more focused on the show of basketball and their previous years of championships, at least for this next year to a year and a half. Well, you can't really say year and a half because if even if it's just a year and a half, that's a possibility of them making the championship after this year. Uh, but uh, I, I think it's going to be more about their building, what they did in the past, and Steph Curry returning to MVP form. Yeah, um, but as far as Steph Curry's MVP form, I don't think it really translates well unless he has Klay Thompson. Yeah, uh, well, it doesn't translate well if he doesn't have Draymond Green. Even worse if you don't have Draymond Green, because I think you can actually make it pretty far. Still pretty, at least past the first round with Draymond and the existing team. I think you can. But <laughs> if you just had Clayton, you didn't have Draymond, I don't think that happens. He's your point forward. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. They they all serve their role to where mm-hmm. it adds up to where they are a very great team. Yeah. And and with that, do you think that Draymond is more useful on any more any other team more than the Warriors. I think he been, can be useful for some other teams, but if you're existing asking teams. him, because I'm, I'm talking about existing teams. Yeah, he, he could be he could be some use on some other teams, but if if you're asking him to lead a team with himself, no, that is not happening. You're not getting anywhere. Okay, yeah, and I, and it actually begs a, a a question on why he agreed to the deal so early and for a real big pay cut because he could actually could have gotten a whole lot more money if he just held out for one year. But I think he wanted to establish that he's not going anywhere. This is his legacy and his importance is best there because I, with any looking across the league, I don't think he's important on any other team. Uh, that that matters. That matters. Now he can be important on teams that don't matter when it comes to the playoffs, but any team that does matter, I don't think he's important to. I, I wouldn't say that for the Celtics. I wouldn't say that for the Seventy Sixers. I wouldn't say that for Milwaukee. I wouldn't say that for any of these top teams in the East, other than maybe the Pacers. Wow. I, I think he could add something to those teams, the ones in the top. Well, the ones that you think w- has a chance of winning. He but, could probably be the third star like he is on the Warriors. Uh, I, I just I think it's a perfect match. Like, there's no better place for Draymond than where he is. And he understands that. And he also understands he doesn't want to play this KD game that will I be here or will I not? And also play with the possibility of getting hurt. Always possibly them not showing that they really value you in the end when it comes to negotiations. <laughs> I, I think um, he, that, that probably is true. Like he, 
he's probably not as big of a free agent attraction as people might think. Yeah, because he's not getting you more than 10 points most times. But his well, effect on the game is great. Oh, if he if he didn't have to give up some shots, I, he could average more than 10 points. Yeah, he can, but I'm saying he serves the best doing what he does. And it's not scoring above 10 points. <laughs> it isn't. I'm not even trying to diss him. Well, it, it kind of sounds like you are, but I mean, no, I'm not. I'm not a Draymond you, Green he'll, fan. He'll get you eight, nine, and eight. So wow, eight points, can't even score nine 10? assists. No, because that's that's mostly what he is really giving you when it comes to the Warriors. Yeah, that's true, but I, I think he can average ten points. <laughs> no, he, he can average more than that. I honestly do think he can give you if he was a more scoring player uh he would he would average probably at least 20 points i think at least that i give him a whole lot more respect on that it's just he's served best in what he does now there is no better fit than where he is but just to move it on to somebody who really doesn't fit with anybody according to the nba Melo went on first take this past week to lobby for a job in the current nba a lot was said like how dan murray the Rockets GM told uh, told Melo while prepping for a San Antonio Spurs game that his services are no longer needed and he will not be able to make time or get playtime in a nine-man rotation. Along with the comments Melo said was how he feels the game does not love him, does not love him as much as he loves it. And most interesting is his statement that he was supposed to be the third member of the Heatles, the LeBron major three of the Miami Heat. Now, in hindsight, do you think that Melo's Heatles would have won more championships? Mm, Just looking at it, I don't think so. Because I think Carmelo Anthony, he probably would have been a little bit more about the stats rather than, you know, trying to change up his game to fit with the other players as far as LeBron and Dwayne Wade. Chris Bosh was easier to change with that. Yeah, so would he have been a better fit? Because this actually is going to be an easy question to lead in what you were already saying. Uh, I think he kind of would have been a better fit because he could shoot. Chris Bosh, he could shoot. Uh, but they had to change his game. He wasn't in the post as much, and he was spread out on the floor rather than being in the post because, you know, it would be clogged in there with Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, not not even counting whatever center they might have. Yeah, and I actually think, no, they would not have won more championships. I just think they would have traded championships, and I'm going to explain a little bit more. I think the first year they got to the uh, Heat, and if it was Melo instead of Bosch, they would have won the first one. Now, the one where Bosch got the rebound and Ray Allen hits the three, I think that never happens. Even Not even just because Bosch is not there, but I just don't think... I think the Spurs would have been consistent enough with their plan that would have defeated those Heat that, heat, that year. The third year that the 
the LeBron was in Miami. And, of course, they lost the last one. Uh, but I, I just think they would have traded championships for which years they would have won. But do you think the Spurs would have made it to the championship? Because I think what played a role in them making a championship in 2014 was how they lost in 2013 with that Ray Allen shot and then losing in game seven. That that would that would throw it in there. Like I but I don't I just don't know. I I, I just I can only rely on who actually made it there. And Kawhi was still on that team. It was still Tim Duncan. It was still uh Parker. It was still Ginobili. So I can't say that they would not have made it. I don't know whether their hunger would have still been there and that would have been a trade off on championships and maybe that would have made the three and they would have just LeBron and them wouldn't have won the, the third one and they would have won the last one and the first one when they got three out of four with Melo. But I, I just, I, I don't think there would have been more championships made. No, I, I don't oh, think it would be either. Yeah. And uh, why do you think he brought this up now? I'm talking about Melo. Well, I, I guess he finally came to grips with it and wanted to come out and say what he's been doing this whole time because he... According to what I remember, I think he said that he had been silent for a while because mm-hmm. he didn't know what he wanted to say or something like that. I, I can't yeah. remember exactly what he said. Well, he said that he went ghost uh, because a lot of people were speaking on his name and he was trying to get a job. But a lot of people have just still been talking as though it's coming from him uh, like he doesn't want to take a back role and all these other things, but he kind of did say he was late on the mindset of taking a back role and that he's in that mindset now. He simply just wants to be on the court. Okay. Well, I guess I just have to go on his word. <laughs> but well, I, he, he can make a nine-man rotation. I, I don't see why he's not getting anything. Um, somebody will pick him up. It's the media following him. It's the fact of him simply making any team that the media is going to build up. Oh, he's expecting to play soon. Oh, he he's probably has a problem with this going on, which in some ways they're right. Sometimes they know that Melo's not cool with being in those positions. He's been a superstar for a large percentage of his life. Uh, from high school, so it, it's it's a hard position to step back on. Yeah, it is. It, it definitely is. But I think he just had to come with come to grips with, you know, I'm not the player that I used to be, and I still want to play. I still love the game, so I'm going to come out now and plead my case so some team can pick me up. Yeah, but it, it kind of sounded like a sad story. Like, it should have been some sad violin music going on in the background because uh, he isolated himself with uh, Stephen A. Smith, didn't establish, like, a questioning situation where other people can partake, and really got his friend to help him lobby for for that job. But do you think Melo regrets taking the money in New York at that time over teaming up in Miami. Yes, he probably does because whenever you become a champion, you become 
bigger than ever. You're, you're now, uh, well, depending on how good you were at the time, you're now an NBA great. People will talk about you as one of the best players ever. Um, and they'll compare you to other greats that played before you. Well, Melo thought he was his own star in his own right, and really a lot of the world still believe in Melo that way. It really didn't come together for him in New York. He felt, I'm from New York, why not be the man in New York and also get the money from New York? Which, that's hard to say not to do, even looking back. But looking back, I'm pretty sure he really does regret not having at least one ring in that from that situation uh and i think he's coming out with it now because he wants to to kind of linger that i would have had a championship anyway but bosh was a very pivotal part in that but just trying to end off on the mellow talk well do you think that lebron will give mellow the shot to play with him finally with that last Uh, spot yeah, and it's also crazy that we say, will LeBron give him the shot? You know, LeBron isn't actually the GM, but whenever LeBron is on the team, we we say that LeBron gets these players. <laughs> it's crazy LeBron that we gets say what that. he won't, because he's a brand. We, uh, we, uh, we just have to understand it. He's a brand. He gets what he wants, and... They didn't leave the franchise like he wanted it before. So if he really wants Melo, Melo would be on that team. Even though the smart choice, like he's supposed to be doing, is waiting out for Equidala. He's not going to make a dumb basketball move. But if it comes with the full opportunity without the drama, I think he will say yes. Yeah, of course. Um... And lobby for the the actual GM to do it. But that's Rob Palenka. So... He, he got his power secondhand, which the first man who was in that position anyway was already answering to LeBron, so magic. So, hey, we know how the, the, the real total pole goes, which is Genie Bus, LeBron, and then Rob Palenka. <laughs> it does. You really know this. I, I, I guess so. They're going to get rid of uh, Rob Palenka before they get rid of LeBron. Well, I mean, LeBron is a player, so Rob Polinka can have a longer career. Yeah, but I'm just saying he would get rid of. They would get rid of him. No in, in most situations. Yeah, but the, it ended out before the questions with a lighter note, because I do want to cover the WNBA. Uh, this past weekend, they had, well, two weekends ago, they had an all-star weekend. Uh, just like the NBA, but it does just doesn't get the same shine as the NBA. Uh, a lot has been going on for the good for equal rights for females and pay. We've already discussed about how this is kind of affecting uh, the now of the female sports. But it was a crazy number. I I kind of came across this past weekend the entire. Because these are really big contracts, like the $100 million contract that Draymond had just signed for four years. A crazy number is that the entire WNBA salary is less than 
$11.95 million. The entire salary is lower than that. That's every single player that is in that league. Now, what's a real fix to the pay disparity in the WNBA? Well, the fix is the people who watch it. You know, the people have to stop complaining if they're not watching it. That's where all the money comes from. If you're not watching the sport, the sport doesn't get any money. Well, the people aren't complaining. It's and it's I hate to say it like that because it's the women who are playing the sports. And to refer to it, I'm I'm not saying they're complaining. They're they're going for their equal rights. It's not. A lot of people aren't complaining about it. It is some people. It's it's a lesser group that are complaining about the treatment and not doing anything about the treatment, which is what I think your point is. Uh, is creating more interest for other people to actually produce more money for them because it does work off of broadcast dollars and things like that. Uh, I think the only real fix is for the NBA players to full-heartedly get behind the WNBA on bumping it up to at least a minimum half of what the type of money they receive because it is nowhere near close to even the lowest player on a NBA team. But but how are you going to get them to get that money? Like, how have, is the league going to be able to give them that money if nobody's watching? I, I agree, but it's about broadcasting. Like, I think uh, they, there has to be a concerted effort behind the actual NBA players, the NBA players, not the WNBA players, the NBA players to full and wholeheartedly lobby and push for excitement to watch the WNBA. Come up with, with different tricks, come up with different ways to, to get them meshed in or some type of attraction towards the WNBA because there's a large disparity uh, when it comes to female sports versus male sports. We've gone into that about soccer, and it, it, it still, once again, is about viewership. But that that stems from true interest and people put it broadcasting out true interest because I as big as an all star weekend is, I should have known a little bit more about when it was and that it was coming up, even though it's just WNBA. Well, I can honestly say this is my first year actually knowing when the all star game for WNBA is. And that's a shame. That's a big shame. Didn't, have they even had one before? As far as I know, this would be the first one. That's a shame, and I, and I don't, I really don't know truly whether they've ever had an All Star Weekend. That's a pure shame. There's high schoolers who get more shine than this. High school, it, it, there's college basketball. Female college basketball has more prominence and more popularity than the WNBA has. They don't even have half of the interest of what happens in the college league. That is very true. <laughs> and that, that's a shame. That's crazy. They're literally just graduating to the higher, higher status of talent and getting less attention. You know what they're better off doing? Getting a college Staying degree. In college? 
Yes. <laughs> getting the college degree and going out and Get giving you a, a really good job because it's not worth it getting all those injuries, those potential injuries, and you're barely getting paid. Yeah. Real random thought because this is literally just random just came up. They might want to actually kind of combine with the NCAA. As much as the NCAA has been such a negative when it comes to college and college athletes and getting paid, create a graduate league. Create a a two-year league where you get paid. And you get paid off of being top-tier players. Maybe there's only five teams. But I think there needs to be new ideas on creating interest that is already there, but does not translate to the professional league for the women's uh, basketball. Just to go back on the NCAA, they're not paying for that. Oh, you're right. I know that, but that's, I'm just I'm, I'm just trying to tie interest to interest. Yeah. If anything, the, the NCAA will reap all the benefits and give the players as little as possible. Yeah. And which is a, actually a great transition for the last thing I want to bring up, uh, which is the trend of players, NBA and college, going overseas. Now, recently, some high school players have signed with Australian League uh, Basketball to get paid. They, they're getting paid like one million, maybe two hundred thousand within a year just to go across seas for one year before they go to the NBA, and it's it might pay dividends. Uh, even more going forward because the NBA has just, sorry, the ESPN has just signed a deal with that Australian league to broadcast it in the U.S. Now, to kind of throw in an NBA player who's also made this decision recently, Lance Stevenson, who played for the Los Angeles uh, Lakers last year, has agreed to a $4 million deal with the Chinese Basketball Association. So do you see the trend of going overseas to play basketball in any different country continuing for the NBA players who are doesn't have as much interest here, along with the high school players who don't want to go to college? Oh, yeah, that that would definitely increase because they can still get the recognition and get paid. Because most times, whenever players go overseas and skip going to college, they don't get attention. Nobody really sees it. The media doesn't cover it as much. But if ESPN is getting on in this, yeah, the players the will go to the movies. I mean, <laughs> I said the movies. <laughs> they go to the bank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I also well, run a movie review a movie. podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to throw that in there yeah but that's, that's a perfect way to end it so uh, we've definitely had a, a varying amount of different subjects here and this has been So You Think You Know Sports now we're moving on to the last part which is our questions everything is going to speed up when it comes to uh, the the seasons of these sports getting back into play along with the NFL NFL does start with its preseason this upcoming weekend. Uh, but like I said, we're in the questions part, which there will be three questions. Uh, they are all multiple choice. You will have three options. And your guess is about as good as mine because Muhammad knows the questions and the answers. So go ahead with the first question, Muhammad. First question, what NFL player was on the 2007 Madden cover? A, Ray Lewis. B, 
Vince Young, or C, Sean Alexander? Ooh, that is a hard question. Because I do know my matters, but I don't know. Ooh, it's going to be hard on this one. So, yeah, I, I like the question. Uh, it does test when you think they might have done well enough the previous season to be on the cover. Uh, yeah, this is the Madden those, season. Yeah, they, they definitely have uh, – all three of those players have been on the, the cover once here. Uh, but one more time with the question and answer. What NFL player was on the 2007 Madden cover? A, Ray Lewis, B, Vince Young, or C, Sean Alexander? That is a really hard question. And you said uh, – so Vince Young, he was a really great quarterback. Uh, well, at least for the limited time he was in the league um, and had a breakout, really great uh, breakout season a lot when he was uh, when he was at the Texans. Sorry, not the Texans, but the Tennessee Titans. Uh, no, the, the, I was actually thinking about the Longhorns uh, when he was oh. in college because he had an amazing, amazing uh, college career. Um, but Oh, it, it's hard because Sean Alexander was a really good quarter running back for the uh, Seahawks. And who was the other person? Ray Lewis? Yeah, Ray Lewis. And Ray, everybody knows Ray Lewis. He was a great uh, Baltimore Ravens linebacker. But I think it's the obscure member of this uh, group. I think it's Sean Alexander. Final answer? Yeah. That is correct. Wow. Okay. Hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what's up. I, I actually guessed good on that one. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> All right, go with the second question. Which of the following NFL players has the highest amount of interceptions thrown in one season? A. Peyton Manning. B. Eli Manning. Or C. Jay Cutler. In one season, ooh, that makes it hard. Well, mm-hmm. actually, huh. we've talked about how sucky um, uh, oh, um, Madden brother is. <laughs> Eli Manning. <laughs> you want me to repeat okay. the question? Yeah, well, one more time with the question and answer. Which of the following NFL players has the highest amount of interceptions thrown in one season, A, Peyton Manning, B, Eli Manning, or C, Jay Cutler. Kind of hard because Jay Cutler acts like he don't care a lot, and Peyton Manning. Uh, I think he he might have thrown so much that he caused so many touchdowns. I mean interceptions. But I think it's Eli. I really do think it's Eli, but I'm not. That's not a, not my official answer. Uh, did Peyton beat out Eli on worse interceptions? I'll I'll go ahead and go with Eli. I'm glad with being wrong if this is wrong anyway. That is wrong. Uh, who, who cares? Because like, we know he sucks. See, I I, I just want to push in that he sucks. <laughs> it's actually Peyton Manning. I, I thought. Oh, I, and I thought that was a trick question. I really did. Yes, um, Peyton Manning, he threw 28 interceptions in 1998. 
Yeah, and it wasn't in one of the years where he was just flinging the ball so much that he just ended up causing so many. Was it the year they won the Super Bowl? You said what year again? 1998. No, that, that's oh, not the same one. Definitely not. Definitely not <laughs> the year he won. This is, I think, his first season. But, um, oh, wow. Eli Manning had 27 in 2013. Uh, oh. And Jay Cutler had 26 in 2009. I really thought it, if it was going to be Peyton, it was later in his years when his arm was gone. But that was that was a big surprise. So I'm one for two. So we're going to go with the last question, and we'll meet you next Wednesday when the next episode comes out. Who was the NBA scoring champion in the 2012-2013 NBA season? A, Kevin Durant. B, Carmelo Anthony. Or C, Russell Westbrook. And you said in what year again? 2012-2013 NBA season. Uh, honestly, don't know right now. I got to think about that one. Uh, <laughs> one more time with the question and answer. <laughs> Who was the NBA scoring champion in the 2012-2013 NBA season? A, Kevin Durant, B, Carmelo Anthony, or C, Russell Westbrook? Uh, now, I know Russell Westbrook. I, I think he's only won it once. And you said 2012, 2013? Yeah. I, I don't think it was then, so I'm going to count him out. Um, no, just one more time with that question and answer. One, just one last time. Who was the NBA scoring champion in the 2012-2013 NBA season? A, Kevin Durant, B, Carmelo Anthony, or C, Russell Westbrook? Uh, I'm going to just purely guess here. Yeah. I'm going to say, and what was the first person again? Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Who was the second person then? Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo. That's I'm pausing. I know, I know, I know. Uh, Kevin Durant. I'll say Kevin Durant. That is wrong. Kevin, it was more Carmelo, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Carmelo I, and oh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. See, uh, I know it was a couple years early when it comes to uh, Kevin Durant, but a. Uh, I'm not too mad at these losses I'm on my score. <laughs> yeah, uh, Kevin Durant actually has a lot of scoring uh, championships. I think he won like three or four. Yeah, he, he won a large amount. He, I think he won them like back-to-back years when he was at OKC. And uh, did he win any while he was in uh, at Golden State? No, he never he did. did. It was not only in OKC. Only in OKC. Okay, so one early. I think he won it one the year he went to the championship against LeBron, and then maybe like two or three years after they went to the championship for like two straight years. Uh, but yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll see you next Wednesday when our next episode airs. Of course, keep listening. It's going to really start to speed up with the beginning of the NFL season. We'll give you more matchups, more about these divisions, and more up-to-date news. Um, And this has been So You Think You Know Sports. Good night.